Hey everyone, welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher. And remember, if you sit at an IEP table, you are welcome here. Parents, teachers, therapists, admins, this is the place where we talk about all things special education beyond what the books have to say, beyond what the law requires, beyond just the IEP document. We're talking about the things that matter when it comes to making decisions to ensure that every child is prepared for further education, employment, and independent living. Now, this week, we're going to cover a book that I've been reading and how it really applies to inclusion. And I had some aha moments that really I'm still working through and and processing in a whole new way, in a way that when I go to write inclusion plans with schools, I'm going to be considering what's really happening inside of our classrooms in a whole different perspective than I've really thought of before. Now, the reason I picked up this book, which I will put here in the show notes, it's called Generation Z Unfiltered by Tim Elmore. And I picked it up as a mom. I picked it up because I'm raising two teenage daughters. They are 16 and 17 years old. And there's a lot of different things happening in the teenage generation than when I was growing up, than when you were growing up. And I'm trying to really understand what's happening you know, with my daughters and their friends and just the dynamics. It's become really apparent just by spending time with them and time with their peers, how different the world really is from their perspective. So I picked up this book, I started reading it, and I thought, oh my goodness, This has got to be a topic that we start to consider when we're talking about inclusion, special education, building those inclusive experiences. You guys know if you've spent time with me talking about IEPs, I always say inclusion is not a place. It's an experience. Inclusion, when we take a child who learns differently and we set them up for success to have an inclusive experience, it means that they feel that they are part of the community, they are part of the activity, that they are accepted for who they are, that they are supported. And we're looking to build these inclusive experiences. And typically, I'm looking at two different things. It's content and context of what's happening. So let me just cover those real quick. So I'm always looking at inclusion as, are we including a student in an activity because of the content that is happening around them? Like we need this actual science lesson, or we need this reading lesson, or we need the, the... curriculum content of that class to be consumed. And that's why we're having this inclusive experience. Or are we looking more of the context of what's happening around? So for this inclusive experience, we're looking at, you know, maybe it's group work or maybe it's individual work. Maybe it's parallel work. Maybe it's collaborative work. Maybe it's an unstructured activity. Maybe it's a structured activity. There's all different ways to look at kind of the context of what's happening around a lesson or around an activity. And maybe that's really the benefit of that inclusive activity is to get exposure to the context of what is happening. But now we need to add a third thing in, and that's truly the community, their peers, a student's peers that are going to be surrounding them. What is happening in that student 
community in their dynamics and in their relationships as a peer student community. So here, I'm going to actually, I have the book sitting right here next to me, and I'm going to read you a couple of things as we go through this hot topic. And I'm confident you're going to have some of the same aha moments that I had both as a parent, uh, maybe as a teacher, when you're looking at inclusion, when you're looking at your student or your child's experiences. And it all starts out when the it's the author of this book, Tim Elmar. I love his series of books. Again, it's called Generation Z Unfiltered. And he said, over the last decade, I've spoken to over 500,000 educators, parents, coaches, and employers. And he began to see a pattern regarding their attitudes towards young people. There were two emotions they expressed consistently, and there was frustration with their kids and fear for their kids. That pretty much sums up, right? What's happening as teachers, as parents, as coaches, you know, we're we're frustrated because we're trying to figure out what do they need and how do we help them get to where they need to go? And then we're fearful. We have this fear because we have exposure to so many different things now than we did before, right? So there's this fear and this frustration. And it moves on to really talk about what is happening with this current generation. Now think about this. These are the general students in the school that are, are just, they make up the bulk of a classroom, okay? Here are some characteristics. And I share this because as a parent, I'm not in the classroom all the time, right? I, I mean, I have some idea of what's going on with my kiddos, but I'm not a teacher anymore. And especially a special needs parent who may not have exposure to you know, the general education community, uh, you know, this can be eye-opening to really see what the generation right now is experiencing because it helps us create inclusive experiences that make sense. We cannot set a child up for success in inclusion if we don't know what's going on with their peers. So here's a couple of traits. Um, Right now, students are more private, meaning they've learned from the millennial generation of kind of putting everything out there on social media. So there's a lot of things that are secretive. So, you know, when you're looking at inclusion at middle school, junior high, high school level, you know, the generation is not so um, outgoing when it comes to sharing about even their likes, their dislikes, what's happening in their life. So those relationships with their peers are different. They are more anxious than any generation before. And we're gonna talk about that just a little bit. I've got a really interesting and concerning fact that I'm gonna share with you in just a minute. They are more restless which means that they're jumping from activity to activity to activity. Guys, that makes inclusion tough. When a child that is supposed to be a peer model or a peer in an activity with a child who learns differently and may need more time to process or more supports to get through an activity, but yet this generation is used to go, go, go one activity to another. They're also extremely tech savvy. Now, I love this one actually because there's a lot of underutilization of technology in our special education community. So I really think this tech savvy point of our generation that's up and coming is going to be a huge benefit for inclusion for us. And how are we really taking advantage of this 
tech bridge that could be built between our special education and regular education communities. But that will be for a discussion on another time. Um, right now, the peers are more nurtured. So they've had more parent involvement than any generation in the past. I don't know about you guys, but have you heard um, the whole term snowflake students and snowplow parents. So snowflake students, uh, it's really describing the characteristics of the current students. And we're really talking about, you know, middle school, junior high, high school. They have been brought up to uh, be a little bit more delicate than maybe we were growing up. They've had things kind of snowplowed out of their way. And that's where you really start to, to figure out, you know, as a parent or as a teacher, am I moving obstacles out of the way for a child so they don't have to experience this risk or failure or falling down and getting back up? And inclusion, and this it's all full circle, inclusion is a challenge typically for everybody involved. Now, it can be a joyful experience. It should be a joyful experience. It can be a, a very positive way to build the community with differences, but it's not always easy. So this generation is used to things being just a little bit more easy than we were. So here, let me get back to these points here um, inside of this book. It says they're more entrepreneurial, they are more redemptive, and here's a, a big one. This is the fact that I was talking about, and this is where I started to figure out, looking at the IEP plans. For those of you that don't know, I've been writing IEPs for over 20 years. I have a brother with Down syndrome. I used to be a special education teacher, but for the last 20 years, I've been working for you. Uh, you, the teacher, the admin, the parent, and building IEPs that work. And that means really being able to dig into who we're writing this for. And now we really need to look at the community that we're writing these experiences for. So there's a big fact in here of students ages 15 to 21 reported the worst mental health of any generation by the American Psychological Association's annual Stress in America kind of survey. Okay. So here's the big one. It says, the average child today experiences the same level of anxiety as a psychiatric patient did in the 1950s. I'm gonna say that again. The average child today experiences the same level of anxiety as a psychiatric patient did in the 1950s. Okay, we're not talking about a child who has been diagnosed with anxiety. We're saying the general population that is growing up right now has anxiety at a whole new level. So when I really start to wrap my brain around that and I start to figure out what is going on in our average everyday classrooms, and then we look at how are we gonna support differences? How are we going to modify lessons? How are we going to make this community inside of the classroom work? with all of the challenges and all of the differences on top of everything that the students are dealing with right now. It's possible. It's absolutely possible. I have seen brilliant, beautiful inclusion experiences happening all the time. But it's when we are fully supporting not just 
the child who has the different learning needs, but we're also supporting and empowering their peers. We're supporting and empowering them to be who they are and include others who are different than them. So there are there are nine challenges that are discussed in this book. And Again, I'm going to share these with you because, you know, as a teacher, as a parent, these are things that we have to step back from our daily chaos of just sometimes just trying to raise good kids, right? Just trying to make sure they get all the tools that they need for the future. And we need to step back and look at the big picture of what's happening in our society. So here are the nine challenges, and I'm not going to go through all of the solutions because you can find those inside of the book. I'm really looking at how does this affect our special education plans, um, our IEP goals, and setting up our inclusion experiences for success. So right now, the peers that we're looking to say, okay, here's a child who has an IEP and we want to create this inclusive experience with their peers, hoping that they're going to become friends. Well, if we want to become friends with somebody, we have to understand them, right? We have to understand what's going on and support them. So right now, Peers inside of the general education classroom, they are absolutely challenged by having empowerment without wisdom, which means they've got access to a lot of tools, right? But they don't necessarily know how to use them all. They have a lot of skills. They have a lot of availability around them to get what they need, but they don't always know what they need. And that's when there's failure in situations. So we think that we've set somebody up for success, but really they have all the tools but they don't know how to use them. You know, facilitating inclusive experiences and demonstrating and showing and getting involved is going to be more important than ever because we're losing that face-to-face -face contact on a regular basis, right? We are losing that personal interaction, yet we're expecting inclusion to work. If we're going to expect inclusion to work in person, then we're going to have to start demonstrating those skills more. So there's um, another challenge of there are, let's go with um, accessibility without accountability, meaning here's all the tools, but I'm not even going to make sure that you use them because they're just there all the time. Again, not only do we have to demonstrate how inclusion should work, how relationships can work between people who have differences inside of the classroom, but we need to make sure that everybody in that classroom is accountable for this inclusive experience working. Again, we want to empower the peers. We want to empower the teachers. We want to empower the paraprofessionals. Everybody who's doing this, um, you know, this movement to make schools more inclusive, which by the way, everybody who's frustrated with inclusion right now, um, just think about for a minute of where we were just 40 years ago. 40 years ago, uh, special education was just coming about. It, you know, There were no thoughts of full inclusion or inclusive activities even on a daily basis. So we actually have come far. We just haven't figured out how to do it well on a broader scale for everyone. And we need to look at the areas that um, have not been looked at before. And this is one of them. This is really looking at what do the peers right now experience so we truly can create this inclusive experience. Um, so here's another one, consumption without reflection. I think we're all experiencing that as adults. And um, 
parents, teachers, coaches, we're consuming things and we're not taking time to think about. We're doing things and we're not taking time to think about it. Everything is hustled back and forth, which is creating this anxiety and we don't have time to slow down. One of my favorite words this year, I've heard it from a lot of my colleagues. I've read it in a lot of books already just in the past you know, few weeks. And it's this word margin. It's creating the margin in the day so things can be consumed, reflected, and really taken in and solidified of what needs to happen next, what could be done different, how can we do this better? And so many times with inclusion or IEPs in general, we're moving through things and we're just expecting it to work and then we're moving on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Inclusion doesn't have to be a fast process. Inclusion doesn't have to build more anxiety for students or teachers or parents. Inclusion doesn't have to be this struggle on how to make sure that a child, you know, can make it through a lesson. This should really be about creating an experience by understanding everybody who's involved in the inclusive experience. And that's where I'm going to leave this conversation is what do we need to do? Because this is really just the start of this conversation. I don't really know um, anybody else who has really opened up this conversation about inclusion and what's happening with our current generation and how we need to keep that in mind as we look to support our next generation in being an inclusive community. And what else do we need to look at? We have our content. We know that inclusion used to be really focused on a child needs to go to reading class to learn the reading lesson. And then we've taken it to the next level. We say, well, maybe they're being included in different activities throughout school that are both reading and science and math and all of the academics, but it's also about the context of what's happening, of learning how to collaborate and build relationships. But then we have to take it to that third level, which is going to be community and really understanding this Generation Z and what they're going through so we can support them through building inclusive communities. You know, this is the generation that really doesn't see boundaries the way that we used to. There's not their limits like there used to be when we were growing up. They have the ability to do so much more, but they need to be empowered. We need to understand them. We need to support them. So Keep an eye out for some things that are going to be up and coming, especially inside of our Master IEP Coach Mentorship. If you're not aware of that, our next class is going to be starting soon. You can jump over to masteriepcoach.com. And we're going to be talking inside of our, our mentorship this next session specifically on how to create inclusive experience in today's generation, not just about how to modify the reading lesson, but how to develop true collaboration and relationships. So as a child goes through their school years and eventually those school years are done, right? And the peers that they have now, maybe not the exact people, right? But this generation, those are their peers 
going forward. So how are we going to prepare everyone and make sure they have the tools that they have by acknowledging the challenges that our current generation has to support them to create these inclusive experiences? I look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget, you can always leave comments over on the Facebook page. You can find me at masteriepcoach.com, and I hope you join us in the next mentorship. And as always, everyone, remember that the entire purpose of a child's IEP is to prepare them for further education, employment, independent living, and we all have the ability to work together and make that happen. I'll talk to you guys soon.